You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Monday afternoon. You can catch the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, or on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe. You'll be notified whenever new episodes are uploaded. You can find all my work at FullTimeFantasy.com. We have a preview of the Monday Night Football showdown between the Patriots and the Jets, the Week 7 prescription notes from Dr. Roto, as well as the Week 7 biggest winners and losers, as well as the early Week 8 fantasy football waiver wire pickups. So you can check that out all right now at FullTimeFantasy.com. You can also head on over there and... Also, check out the message boards and forums. Ask any questions you want, whether it's waiver wire, trades, lineups as we get later in the week. We are there to help you out. And you could also check out my week eight waiver wire article, which will be posted tomorrow, si.com slash fantasy. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron 88. We'll kick it off. Reviewing a lot of the action from yesterday. And, of course, one of the biggest stories for fantasy yesterday was what happened with the Arizona Cardinals. And David Johnson on Friday, we got comments from head coach Cliff Kingsbury saying, if the game was today, David Johnson would not play with that ankle issue. Now, remember, he had the back issue the week before, and he played and had a solid game. So you see that on Friday, and you're like, okay, now I'm a little concerned. And if you are a Chase Edmonds owner, you start to get a little excited, saying, all right, well, if Johnson is out, I am absolutely playing Chase Edmonds against this Giants defense. Then we find out David Johnson travels with the team to New York or New Jersey, if you want to be technical. And then we see that they don't add a running back to the roster. And they only have two active running backs. So when you see Sunday morning, David Johnson is active, and they didn't add a third running back to the active roster. You have to think, by using logic, okay, David Johnson is probably fine, and he's going to play. Most teams, if they have any concern about a running back that is active, they're not going to have two running backs on the roster. So I've always said you have to read what teams tell you and interpret. And my interpretation was that was, okay, David Johnson's good to go. Now, does it mean he's going to get all the touches? No. Does it mean maybe he splits with Edmonds? Yes. But the bottom line is if you had David Johnson and he's active against the New York Giants, you're playing him. And I have David Johnson in two leagues. One is the Raz Bowl, which is the best ball format for the first nine weeks. So there's no decision to be made there. And the other is a fantasy football world championship online draft where anyone who plays in it knows there are very few teams that have running back depth. It's just the competition is so tough. Uh, the leagues are so deep. I think there might be one league where I actually have three running backs that I'm confident in. And actually, I think it's one of the leagues with David Johnson. I think my top three backs are David Johnson, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry. I, and I can't say that about the, the rest of my online championship teams where I'm just piecing it together every week. And it's like, all right, I'm starting Miles Sanders. I'm starting Singletary. Like, it's that bad. So in that league, obviously, with Nick Chubb on by, I'm playing David Johnson. And obviously, it didn't work out. Do I sit here and regret what I did? No, I think it was the right call. He only had one carry, and it was the first play of the game, and he wound up playing three snaps. So what happened? Kingsbury, after the game, said he was going to play on a need-be basis, which obviously, as fantasy owners, we needed that before the game. And that's why it sucks. And I'm sure a lot of people... Might have benched Chase Edmonds. I have Edmonds, I think, in three or four leagues. He was active in all of them except one. Uh, I had to have him active in a 14-team league where I had 
bye week issues. And the other league was my home league where I had bye week issues. No McCaffrey, no Evans, a couple other guys out. So we have deep rosters, at least the starting lot of very similar to FFWC as far as two running backs, three receivers, two flex spots. So for me, it was, all right, Edmonds is in the lineup. We talked about Edmonds last week and basically said, and I I wrote about it, wrote it in the waiver wire. I um, wrote it in the deep sleeper column, basically saying that if Edmonds can be used as a, in certain lineups, because we saw two weeks in a row, and again, he wasn't playing a lot of snaps. He played 35 and 29% of the snaps the last two weeks leading into this Giants game. But he did score a touchdown in both games. He did reach double-digit points in PPR format. So if you're in a deep league, 14 team, or you have a lot of bye week issues, you could have made a case for playing Edmonds, for sure. And obviously, it turned out to be way more severe than we thought. Now, I don't know if David Johnson was fine before the game. Did it bother him at warm-ups? Did he go out there for the first carry and not feel right? I don't know. But something doesn't add up here. I don't buy this notion that, yeah, he was going to be used in an emergency. What if Edmonds got hurt? David Johnson has to go into the game, and now all of a sudden, he can't go. Are you just going to go with five receivers all game? And with the Cardinals, it's realistic, because they kind of have played that way, and they're probably willing to do it maybe bring in an extra block or so. That's certainly a possibility, but it just doesn't add up to me. So at times we see decisions that we make and we regret them. I I cannot slam anyone who started David Johnson. And I know it sucks. I think he had point two, so it sucks. And it was one of those weeks too, where there was a lot of low scores this week, man. Uh, It was a rough bye week and a lot of bad performances. So, you know, a lot of times we look back with regret and, say you made the wrong decision. I don't think you did here. I mean, think about it. Amari Cooper is the same thing. Cooper could have easily not finished that game. He went out and played a good game. So you can't have a definitive, well, if this guy is not good going into Friday or Saturday, I'm not playing him. Because you could have made the same case for Cooper, who everyone thought was out the entire week, practiced Friday, went out there Sunday, and was fine. So you have to take each circumstance individually. And if you play David Johnson, it's not your fault. You know, we went based on the news we had, and it all added up to at least Johnson playing, and it didn't happen. So it's one of those bad breaks that happens from time to time in fantasy. We'll come back. We'll continue to recap Week 7 here on Full-Time Fantasy. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. And uh, we do have a trade in the NFL. Not a big one, but the Texans have acquired cornerback Gary and Conley from the Raiders for a 2020 third-round pick. So Conley has not played well, lived up to those expectations where he's drafted. So he'll head on over to the Texans, who have had some uh, injury issues there in the secondary. Uh Taking a look at the Week 7 action, so we talked about the big game Chase Edmonds had. 27 carries, 126, three touchdowns, two for 24. It looked good shredding the Giants' defense, so he's owned in most leagues. You know, I know there's a few where he's available, but obviously in the high-stakes leagues he was drafted, held on to. Very competitive leagues he's owned, but he might be out there in a few. The schedule is daunting ahead for the Cardinals beginning this week with the Saints, and then they have the Niners two times in a five-week span. So keep that in mind. And we'll just have to see what happens with David Johnson. I know they are uh, working out some running backs in Arizona today. Jay Jai, Spencer Ware, among the included. Now, people will see that and be like, oh, no, something's wrong with David Johnson. That might not be the case. It could be uh, their uh, third running back, uh, DJ Foster, who didn't play. So this could just be a case of maybe they are looking to get a third running back on the roster uh, for instead of uh, this, because people see that, be like, oh, no, David Johnson's in trouble. I mean, it could be, but it also could be they want a third running back on the roster, and maybe David Johnson is fine. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens as the week goes along uh, because there's no clarity on the situation yet, and we might not find anything out until Wednesday when the first injury report comes out. Uh, Kyle Murray, if you used him, you were really disappointed. Again, they just kind of ran the ball. They didn't need Murray to do much. He only had 104 passing yards, did not turn it over once again, and only took two sacks. And uh, the passing game, too. I mean, really, the passing game right now, when you look at this Cardinals team with no Christian Kirk, it's Larry Fitzgerald, and really, that's it. And even Fitzgerald, just one catch for 12 yards on three targets. So it was one of those weeks where we just had a lot of down games. Daniel Jones struggled again. You know, remember how people got excited that first game against Tampa Bay? And people were spending a ton of money on him. Yeah, it's not worked out since then. And I know the schedule was tough, and I did expect a better performance here. But this is what happens with rookie quarterbacks. You know, not everyone comes in and excels. And uh, Jones, yeah, he runs a little bit. He had 35 rush yards, but just 223 through the air. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked eight times, and he fumbled three times, losing two. That's one of the biggest things. For him, we did see the return of Saquon Barkley and uh, solid day for him. 18 for 72 and a touchdown and three receptions for eight yards. He did limp off briefly and everyone started to hold their breath, but he did return. Golden Tate, six for 80 on 11 targets. But Evan Ingram, five targets, one catch for six yards. And he was a very, very popular play in DFS. Uh, I I wanted to go down and save the money with Andrews, Hooper, Waller, those guys. Again, Ingram wasn't a bad play at all. I mean, when you knew that he was going against Arizona and how they've been against tight ends, but uh, you know he was more expensive than those guys, so didn't want to pay up for it. Obviously, in season long, you had to start him uh, for sure. 
The Rams disposed of the Falcons pretty easily, 37-10. Still, man, even Jared Goff still wasn't great in this game. You know, he still missed a lot of throws. Now, from a fantasy perspective, he came through, and a lot of people probably used him this week because Atlanta's defense is just so bad that you can pretty much use any quarterback against them right now. Goff had 268 with two passing touchdowns, also ran in a touchdown. Todd Gurley did play in this one. Continues to struggle on the ground, though. 18 carries for 41 yards, but did salvage his day with a 13-yard touchdown catch. His only target of the day. And with the game well in hand and the team playing from ahead, you didn't expect to see a lot from Gurley. So, look, Gurley's gotten the touchdowns, but I guess when you compare him to a lot of other running backs in that same vicinity, he's actually come through. Again, the biggest concern is durability and how much can he last uh, throughout the season? We've already seen him miss one game. We did see Daryl Henderson get a good amount of touches in this one with Malcolm Brown inactive due to an ankle injury. And Henderson did not show much in this game. He was 11 carries for 31 yards and one catch for eight yards. So, you know, we looked at this and said, if Brown's out, there's a good chance he gets double-digit touches against the Falcon defense. And he did. He just didn't produce. So, they have the Bengals next week, and if Brown is out, I think Henderson will be back in play uh, against the Bengals, who have been terrible. I think it was a down day, too, for most of these receivers. And again, part of it was the Rams did get a defensive touchdown, and they had the lead throughout. I think a lot of people expected back and forth, but you know, Robert Woods, 5 for 80. That's fine in season long, not enough for DFS. Brandon Cooks, this looked like a blow-up spot, 4 for 59. I guess the one promising thing is Gerald Everett continues to be involved. He actually led the team in targets with 10. And he had 4 for 15, a touchdown. Actually, should have had another touchdown. Was wide open and Goff missed him. Cooper Cup, 6 for 50. So, kind of a lot of disappointments on this side, considering the team scored 37 points. On the Atlanta side, Matt Ryan left this game with an ankle injury. He was limping really badly in this one. And the Falcons play this week and then have a bye. So there's a good chance we see him sit. Now, a lot's going to depend on how he feels uh, as the week goes on. And he has played 153 consecutive games. So there might be the possibility that he has pride and wants to extend that, but might be out of his hands. Devonta Freeman got ejected from this game for getting into an altercation with Aaron Donald. He had 7 for 19 and 2 for 6 through the air. Edel Smith got hurt in this game, had a head-to-head collision. So backfield uh, didn't do anything. Julio Jones, you know, we knew he would face Jalen Ramsey a little bit, and he did beat him a couple times, 6 for 93 on 9 targets. Austin Hooper was fortunate to get a touchdown late from Matt Schaub, who replaced Matt Ryan, and Calvin Ridley, 4 for 30, uh, Sanu 1 for 3. So, again, another game that we expected a lot of fantasy production that was a disappointment. Uh, if you took the Dolphins in the points this week, it worked out. They covered... Uh, but they lose to the Bills 31-21. So those in survivor pools were probably uh, holding their breath for a little bit. Josh Allen did come through, you know, if you used him. 202 passing, two passing touchdowns, four for 32 on the ground. So maybe you expected a little bit more. The disappointment here was the run game. You know, this set up like a really good spot. Miami's been terrible against the run. You figured Buffalo would be leading in this game, but the game was a lot more competitive And Frank Gore, 11 for 55 on the ground, one catch for 11 yards. And look, we don't like, I don't like Frank Gore most times, but, you know, this was certainly a spot if you were going to use him, this was it, and it didn't happen. And Devin Singletary made his return, and he had seven carries for 26 yards, but was not involved in the passing game. So that was disappointing as well. I had used Singletary in a few spots, and... Was hoping for more against this Miami defense. You know, part of it was the Bills had, I think, 39 plays. I mean, Miami really controlled time of possession in this one. So that was a factor, but that was disappointing. John Brown did come through. Good spot for him. Five for 83 and a touchdown on six targets. And Cole Beasley, if you used him, got the touchdown to save your day. You know, the one thing about Beasley is he's had a high floor every week, but a very low ceiling. But against Miami, only three for 16. So the touchdown did save his day. He had six targets, but another game where I think you were hoping for more production, you didn't get it. Meanwhile, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 282 and a touchdown in this one. The Miami backfield, Mark Walton led the way, and you don't feel great about using Mark Walton right now. I do think that there's a chance that he emerges as the main back out of this backfield. That's kind of what we're seeing now. 
Uh, he only caught one pass for minus eight yards, but had 14 carries for 66. So he did get most of the touches. We've heard rumors about Kenyon Drake potentially being traded. He had six carries for 21 yards and three for 37 through the air. And then, of course, Kalen Balaj again. Like, you know the Dolphins are tanking because they're giving Kalen Balaj goal line carries. They're basically saying, yeah, we don't think he's going to score. And he scored now two weeks in a row. Just three carries, seven yards. You can't roster him. But it's it's taken away from a guy like Walton or even Drake uh, in this one. Devontae Parker, believe it or not, has scored in three straight games. And he's sitting out there on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. He had 10 targets, 5 for 55 and a touchdown. Now, this is a team that's going to be constantly throwing, playing from behind. And yeah, there's going to be some weeks where he just doesn't produce. But it's amazing how like everyone is kind of giving up on Devontae Parker. And now all of a sudden... He's become consistent. Preston Williams, 6 for 82. You know, he's the other guy you can use. And that's pretty much about it in this offense. Uh, Albert Wilson, 1 for 22. Gusecki, 4 for 41. That's a guy to keep an eye on to see if they can develop him and get him going. Lots more ahead when we return. We'll continue to recap the action for Week 7. What does it mean from a fantasy perspective? And what does it mean for players ahead? We'll let you know next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. 
We got some recaps from the weekend, biggest winners and losers, as well as a preview of the Monday Night Football Showdown between the Patriots and the Jets. And if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and forums. I will have my week eight waiver wire article up tomorrow morning at si.com slash fantasy. Continuing to look at the week seven action here. Uh, we got Jacksonville beating the Bengals and Gardner Minshew looked like he was in a good spot here to bounce back. Bengals were without their starting cornerbacks and wasn't a great game for him. You know, he did add 48 yard runs, uh, uh, 48 yards on the ground to help 255 through the air, one touchdown. Of course, Lennon Fournette just getting these huge, huge workloads. Uh, did not find the end zone, but 29 for 131, 2 for 14 through the air. So he was very popular in DFS because he was 7K on DK. And he was also, uh, again, every week just getting this huge workload. It's the second time in four games he's had 29 carries, at least 20 touches uh, in four straight, heavily involved in the passing game as well. So uh, only one touchdown on the year, but man, you got to be happy with Fournette. You hope he can hold up, but he's getting these big, big workloads. Down game for DJ Chark. I thought this was a really good bounce back spot for him. Just three for 53 through the air on four targets. Did have a 20-yard run as well. D.D. Westbrook with a big game, and he had a shoulder issue. We weren't sure if he was going to play. It sounded like he, he was going to, but nine targets, six for 103. Also had two carries for 14 yards, so a big game for him. And uh, that's pretty much it uh, for this team. Keelan Cole did score a touchdown, but it was his only target of the game. Bengals continue to be a disaster. We talked about Joe Mixon a little bit in the first hour. Just He's real tough to use right now. And I know people took him in the second round, but the floor is just so low every week. Ten carries for two yards? I mean, really? This was a good matchup. He did have a catch for a two-yard touchdown, but my goodness, man, he's averaging three yards per carry on the season. He has no rushing touchdowns. And the other thing is he's barely involved in the passing game. This is third straight game. He's had two receptions or less. Uh, they not, they're using Gio Bernard a little bit more when they're trailing late. So uh, it's a disaster right now for Joe Mixon. And again, a lesson that even if you have a back that you expect to get huge volume, if they're in a bad offense or they're bad offensive line, you want to avoid there, especially early in the draft. Probably one of the biggest surprises of the day, Alex Erickson. 14 targets, 8 for 137. Tyler Boyd also had 14 targets, but just 5 for 55 at a couple of drops. Auden Tate, 3 for 65. So they're going to be throwing a ton, so you'd expect those receivers to uh, to continue to get a lot of targets. Vikings beat the Lions, 42 to 30. Kirk Cousins, another good game. So 34 pass attempts in this one, 9.9 yards per attempt, 337, four touchdowns. He was not sacked. And there wasn't a lot of pressure on him. Look, any quarterback, if they have time to throw, they're going to be able to pick apart a defense. And we all have seen it. Get pressure on Kirk Cousins. If not, he can carve you up. And that's what happened here. Dalvin Cook, a huge game. I mean, we're redrafting today. He's one of the first picks off the board. 25 for 142 and two touchdowns, one catch for seven yards. Big story here was Adam Thielen. He had a 25-yard touchdown catch, and he was hurt on the play. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, did he crash into the wall? What happened here? But apparently it's his hamstring. Now, he said he wants to play in week eight. There's a problem. There's a short week for the Vikings. They play Thursday night against the Redskins. So uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero is reporting that Thielen's unlikely to play Thursday, and that makes sense. It's a short week. Uh, I guess it's he also has a consecutive game streak, played 87 in a row, but it's looking like he's not going to play. They are saying they don't expect him to miss much time. So maybe he could be back the following week, but don't expect Adam Keelan to play this week. And Ola B.C. Johnson, uh, the rookie, he stepped in and he had a pretty good game here for the uh, the Vikings. Four for 40 with a touchdown and eight targets. So good matchup this week against the Redskins. So he might be someone you can add and stream if you're hurting a receiver. This helps Stephon Diggs, obviously. You know, I think a lot of people were not expecting Diggs to have another huge game because we haven't seen consistency from both receivers at the same time. But Diggs had eight targets, seven for 142. So that's really going to help him with Dillon being out. Ish Smith had five for 60. Kyle Rudolph. I don't even know if we've mentioned his name on this show since the preseason. Five for 58 and a touchdown on six targets. So I guess he'll get a little bit of an uptick. With no dealing, but 
this was by far, you know, his best game of the year. I mean, he has barely been involved in the offense. Here's his targets per game. One, four, one, 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 three, and yesterday six. What's the correlation there? No Thielen. So there's a possibility. There's only two teams on by in week eight, just the Ravens and the Cowboys. So you could have Mark Andrews and no one else. I doubt you're relying on Jason Witt as your only tight end. If you are, uh, you're probably not doing great or you're, the rest of your team is loaded. But I guess you could look at him this week uh, against the Redskins. For the Lions, Matthew Stafford with a big game, 364 and four touchdowns. on Johnson left this game early with a knee injury. I haven't seen any updates on him. He did have a brace on the knee. So they actually threw a lot. They were playing from behind a little bit too. Ty Johnson, 10 for 29 on the ground and four for 28 through the air. So he's going to be the primary pickup if on Johnson is out. You will see a little bit of J.D. McKissick as well. He had five carries for 29 yards and two for 31. So it'll probably be a little bit of a split with Ty Johnson getting the bulk of the touches. Uh, And they have a good matchup this week going up against the Giants. So Ty Johnson will probably be one of the top waiver wire pickups pending some of the injury news that we might not even get today, but maybe some more tomorrow and Wednesday. Danny Amendola, 11 targets, 8 for 105. Yeah, don't chase that. Marvin Jones, 10 for 93, four touchdowns on 13 targets. He also dropped a touchdown. Well, right before he got his third, he dropped one. So huge game for Marvin Jones here. But Kenny Galladay, one for 21. So this was just a Marvin Jones game, and it really hurt Galladay. And Jones has actually been pretty solid this year. He's really had one bad game. He's had at least nine points of PPR formats every week except one. Uh, But we know there's going to be games where – it's more Kenny Galladay, and uh, this just was a matchup here where they used Marvin Jones. Uh, he had the better matchup, so they went and kept throwing the ball to him. T.J. Hawkins at 3 for 32. We know that it's kind of a low floor here with him, but tight end position is rough. The Packers beat the Raiders 42-24. Man, Aaron Rodgers just going off, and we talked about it, looked at the billionaire maker. I mean, if you played Aaron Rodgers in DFS, you proud of a very profitable week. Certainly not a popular play. A lot of injuries at the wide receiver position, but going up against that Raiders defense at home, Rodgers uh, took advantage. 429 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and rushed for a touchdown. So six total touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. They didn't run the ball much. Aaron Jones, 12 for 50, four for 33 through the air with a touchdown. Look, you're pretty much playing Aaron Jones every week. I kind of, I know it's frustrating right now, and we saw Jamal Williams be the back two weeks ago. Jamal Williams in this game, three carries, five yards, but four for 26 with a touchdown through the air. So if you used him, he at least helped you out, especially in a week where there were so many disappointing performances. So Aaron Jones is an RB2. Jamal Williams more like a RB3. But I think you can use both every week. Now, the receiving core, it was just spread out. You know, as we got later in the week, it was like, all right, Alan Lazard could play a big role. Then we find out Geronimo Allison was active. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was active. Now, Valdez-Scantling played the least snaps of the receivers, uh, and I didn't think he was a great play. Uh, if you used him, it came through, but you got fortunate here, man. He had two receptions for 133 to touchdown. He had three targets, and again, he did not play a lot of snaps. He had a 74-yard touchdown, so he bailed you out if you used him. He has not been great this year. Jimmy Graham is basically a borderline tight end one just because of the lack of quality options at the position. And yes, Graham couldn't catch a touchdown two weeks ago. Here he had four for 65 and a touchdown on four targets. Jay Kumaro, only two targets, two for 54 and a touchdown. Geronimo Allison, four for 33. So they kind of spread this out. And if you did use Lazard, look, Lazard's Lazard's stock went down when you saw that Allison and Valdez-Scantling was active. I did use him in one league, and it was only because of bye weeks. It was either him or Marquise Brown. And I wasn't waiting until 425 to see if Brown was going to play. He didn't practice all week, so I knew he wasn't going to play. So it was either I had to play Lazard. I had no option. I had bye week issues. No Godwin. Um, Shepard was out. Uh, Brown was out. And I forgot who the other receiver was. Probably a bye week guy, too. So I kind of had no options. I had to play Lazard. Three for 42. He also dropped his other target, so it could have been a little bit of a better day. But you should have pivoted away. And that's why you got to pay attention to last-minute news. Uh, because you knew... And Lazard did play a lot. So if you had to use him, wasn't the worst. But you had to understand that the potential for him to produce went down. Derek Carr had probably the turning point of the game when he tried to reach out and extend the 
ball over the touchdown line and fumbled it out of bounds. Packers got it back, and that was pretty much it. Carr has done that before. He had two touchdowns, 293 in this one as they played from behind. He's just not that good. Josh Jacobs, look, it was a good matchup here. I mean, he's 5K on DK. The problem was you knew the potential if the game script went in the direction it did that it could hurt him. But he did have 21 for 124, three catches for 10 yards. Darren Waller finally found the end zone, and he did it twice. He actually had a touchdown early, called back due to penalty, and he scored twice, seven for 126, eight targets. You know, he you can make a case right now that he's a top five tight end. Tyrell Williams was out again with plantar fasciitis, and they just don't have a lot of options right now in this passing game. And they can split him out wide. They could use him in the slot. So Darren Waller is looking like one of the best value picks of drafts so far this year when you consider the state of the tight end position. After that, it was spread out. But uh, if, in a deeper league, you could look at Foster Moreau, the tight end. He had a touchdown in this one, only three targets. But, you know, he's had a couple of productive games recently. It's two touchdowns in the last three. Now, the targets are not there. It's 10 targets over the last three games. But, hey, we're talking about the tight end position, which is really thin. And they're just really hurting our wide receiver. Zay Jones was not active for this game. Remember, they traded for him during the bye week. So we'll see uh, if he can get activated and maybe play a role in this offense. But I do think Foster Moreau, in deep formats, if you need a tight end, uh, he could be an option to look at because I think he'll get some targets. Lots more ahead as we continue to recap Week 7 here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Back here at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And NBA season kicks off tomorrow, so very excited about that. Did a fantasy basketball draft over the weekend. So uh, NBA DFS is my favorite sport, so looking forward to that. Probably don't do a ton during NFL season. I'll, I'll do it here and there, but uh, certainly once NFL season ends, uh, pretty much play uh, nightly. So looking forward to that. Colts with a big win over the Texans. Jacoby Brissett continues to play well. You know, he is a guy that kind of mentioned as a, a streamer each week or someone that I, I, I think you can win with him. I do have him in a league where uh, he's probably my top quarterback right now. Uh, lost Roethlisberger for the year, so uh, been rolling with Brissett and Minshew for now. Uh, Brissett, 326 passing yards, four touchdowns. He has multiple touchdown passes in every game except one. The one he didn't was the game against the Chiefs where they ran the ball a lot. Uh, now, with Brissett throwing a lot inside the 10, it's hurt Marlon Mack a little bit. 18 carries, 44 yards, and three catches for 12 yards. So not a big game for him. T.Y. Hilton scored a touchdown, as we expected. He has a great history against the Texans. He led the way with 11 targets, six for 74 and a touchdown. Eric Ebron made a hell of a touchdown catch. We see him drop some easy passes, but if you saw this one, back of the end zone, a one-handed grab got both feet inbounds, and in fact, they initially called it out of bounds. They reviewed it and realized, yes, he did get both feet down. So Ebron obviously splitting with Doyle, but certainly uh, always a good shot for a touchdown. Uh, and Doyle, three for 21 in this one. They each had five targets, but Zach Pascal was the guy who led the way, six for 106. Seven targets, two touchdowns for him. So I think you'll see him picked up off the waiver wire. I don't think there'll be consistency week to week. Uh, but we haven't seen Paris Campbell. Uh, he's been hurt. Deion Cade hasn't done anything. So that's uh, at least seven targets in two of the last three games for Pascal. He's got four touch, uh, three touchdowns in the last four games and at least 53 yards receiving in three of the last four. So certainly uh, you can consider him in the, in the deeper formats. Uh, Texans, Deshaun Watson, man, we just can't get consistency from him. He's so capable. He made a couple of bad decisions in this game. He had 308, one touchdown, two picks, and rushed 32 yards on three carries. Now, Carlos Hyde, this is the downside. They were playing from behind. You know, he's a volume-based running back that is very dependent on touchdowns, and it didn't happen this week. So this is the problem with a guy like Carlos Hyde. You see the floor here, 12 carries, 35 yards, no receptions. So that's the problem, and it's really matchup-based. Now, we knew the matchup against Kansas City two weeks ago was a great one, and he came through. So you're really going to have to play the matchups there. DeAndre Hopkins finally scores a touchdown. First time since week one when he had multiple touchdowns. 12 targets, 9 for 106 and a touchdown. So if you bought low on DeAndre Hopkins somehow, congratulations. It was the easiest buy low of the season. Will Fuller, man, what a train wreck this guy is. He had that three-touchdown game where he might have been on the bench for some people after not doing much the first four weeks. Then he comes back last week and drops three passes, including some touchdowns. And then this week, you're like, all right, I'm going to get him back in the lineup. He plays three snaps, hurts his hamstring. And reports are he's going to miss several weeks. He's had injuries throughout his career. He had one catch for six yards. So just a brutal, brutal roller coaster ride here for Will Fuller owners. Uh, so this is a big boost for Kenny Stills. You remember Stills came back from his hamstring issue last week. He had five targets in this one, four catches, 105. So he's a big play threat. Uh, a couple good matchups have come in the next two weeks. I think it's the Jets and the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, good time here for Kenny Stills. Uh, Darren Fells, we know it's going to be up and down, two for 27. Jordan Aikens, two for 17. So they're not going to just blow up every week. They're more tight end twos. Duke Johnson, 7 for 34 on the ground, 4.9 yards per carry. But no, they don't get him the ball more. And 2 for 22 through the air. Uh, Kiki Cutie also could gets helped a little bit by uh, Fuller being out. He was 3 for 25 on five targets, but I think it's more uh, 
Stills is the guy that you're looking at now if you're looking to uh, pick one of them up and hoping for some consistency in that lineup. I think that's the way you would go. Uh, it was an ugly game in San Francisco. 9 nothing. Well, it was in Washington. Terrible weather there. Mud. Garoppolo looked terrible with his throws. 151. No touchdowns and a pick. Matt Breida left this game in the second half. We all... The initial reports thought it was a concussion, but he got poked in the eye, so he should be fine. Tevin Coleman, 20 carries, 62 yards. It's just a tough day. George Kittle got a carry near the goal line, slipped. Uh, Kittle at three for 38. Dante Pettis didn't have a catch. It was just ugly across the board, ugly weather game. And the same with the Redskins, not much going on here. Look, you want to use Adrian Peterson? We knew this was a terrible spot. No way I would have started him. He did get the volume, 20 carries for 81 yards, but that's it. He's very touchdown reliant, so... He's a matchup play. We liked him two weeks ago against Miami, not this week against a staunch 49ers defense. And McLaurin predictably had a rough game. One catch for 11 yards on two targets. Uh, the Redskins threw the ball 12 times in this game. So this was an ugly game. It ended like in two hours, 37 minutes. I mean, it was over really fast. So uh, nothing you could do there. Titans beat the Chargers. Ryan Tannehill took over as quarterback. And look, it's a good thing for fantasy. You know, uh, Mariota was not taking chances. At least Tannehill is a little bit more aggressive. 312 and two touchdowns and a pick. And it boosted the receivers in this passing game. Corey Davis, we know how talented he is, but you couldn't use him this year. Now you feel better about him going forward with Tannehill at quarterback. Seven targets, six for 80 and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, I mean, he's looked dominant at times this year. Feel a little bit better about him. Eight targets, six for 64. Delaney Walker did leave this game with an injury. I know he's been... Playing limited snaps, John o. Smith, three for 64. So if Delaney Walker misses some time, there's a tight end that you might be able to to add to your roster. I don't know if you could count on him on a week-to-week basis, but certainly uh, in leagues where you're just searching for tight ends, he could be one. And Derrick Henry, big workout here, 22 for 90, did get the touchdown and an 18-yard catch, so you like to see that. Chargers are just a disaster across the board, and we did find out they lost another offensive lineman today. It's just amazing. What happens to this team with all the injuries that they deal with? Um, and it's a factor right now. You know, Rivers is not playing as well. I know he was productive from a fantasy perspective with 329 through the air, two touchdowns, no picks. Melvin Gordon has just been terrible since he came back. Now, again, a lot of it is the offensive line because Austin Eckler's not doing much on the ground either. But since they came back, Gordon has hurt this offense. 16 carries, 32 yards, two catches for minus three. And of course, he had the crucial fumble at the goal line late in this game that that cost them uh, a W. So it hasn't looked good. Eckler only five for seven on the ground, but a major threat through the air. Seven for 118 and a touchdown on eight targets. Hunter Henry, six for 97 on eight targets. So you're feeling good about him. Keenan Allen had 11 targets, which is four for 61. And Mike Williams, four for 47. So this offense is really a mess right now. And a lot of it is due to that uh, offensive line, which is just really struggling right now. Saints beat the Bears 36-25, but this is pretty misleading here. I mean, the Saints were in control the whole way. Teddy Bridgewater, solid game, 281, two touchdowns. They're now 5-0 with Bridgewater at quarterback. Now, there's a chance Breeze comes back next week. They're playing the Cardinals. At the same time, they have a bye in week nine. So they might just play it cautious and sit Breeze. But I got to think, if Breeze says he's ready and he feels comfortable, they'll get him in there. I know everyone's going to say, well, you're 6-1. Play the Cardinals at home. Don't risk it. But I'm telling you, these guys, they want to get out there. And if Breeze is a veteran, if he feels he's good to go, you could see him back. Alvin Kamara was out. Talked about it last week. I still like Latavius Murray a lot. I know most people looked at it and said, well, it's the Bears defense. I brought it up two weeks ago in London. Bears defense got shredded by Josh Jacobs. Latavius Murray, I knew he was going to get a crazy volume in this game. And he did. 32 touches, man. 27 for 119. Two touchdowns and through the air, 5 for 31. So... I know in most of the questions I got on the message board, I did say Murray. There might have been a couple where one or two where I didn't because there are better choices. But in general, I liked Murray a lot this week. Said it on last week's show. I wasn't worried about the matchup. He was going to get huge volume. And we see what this team is doing with Bridgewater. It's the running back, whether it's Kamara or Murray, and Michael Thomas. That's pretty much it at this point. And they're winning games that way. We did see Taysom Hill score a touchdown on a four-yard catch. He also had two carries for 21. And Michael Thomas just continues to get huge volume. 11 targets, 9 for 131. Jared Cook was out of this game, so we did see Hill score a touchdown. So I guess you could stream him if Cook is out. 
He was three for 43 and a touchdown. So uh, you pretty much know what you're getting with the Saints right now. You know what you get with the Bears, too, and it's not good. I mean, this offense looked absolutely abysmal most of the afternoon. The 25 points is so misleading because Cordero Patterson had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and all the other points pretty much came late. They got an onside kick recovery, which we don't see much in the NFL anymore. But Mitch Trubisky was just absolutely awful. He's lucky to finish with 251 and two touchdowns. He averaged 4.6 yards per pass attempt. Just looks lost right now. And the run game, my goodness. I know there was a question where I said, yeah, you use Montgomery. He gets the most volume. Uh, Sorry about that. Two carries for six yards, two catches for 13, and he had a fumble. My goodness. They ran the ball seven times in this game. I know they fell behind, but you really want that imbalance with Trubisky as your quarterback? So this offense is just a mess, and they have to figure something out. They're fortunate to be 3-3 and on the season. Uh, But they're in a division with the Packers and the Vikings who are playing well. So the Bears are in trouble here, man. Cohen at three for 10 just did nothing. The one guy, though, who and I've talked about it all year, Allen Robinson is an absolute stud. You looked at this matchup and you might have been worried, well, he could see Marshawn Lattimore. I don't care. Allen Robinson is having a great year. Not enough people are talking about it. And the quarterback play is putrid. And Allen Robinson is overcoming it. And we've seen him do this before. Let's not forget He had a historic year with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. I would love to see Allen Robinson play with a good quarterback because he is phenomenal. 16 targets in this game, 10 for 87 and a touchdown. So Allen Robinson, for me, is a must-start every week. Now, there might be a scenario where someone asks a question and maybe they're loaded at receiver. It's a 10-team league. Okay, maybe he's not in that scenario because you have to really look at everything under a microscope. And maybe in that scenario, yeah, he has the worst quarterback play, which could limit him at some point this year. But Robinson in this offense has been the one consistent cog that has gotten it done every single week. He has at least seven targets in every single game this year. He has at least 60 yards in every game except one. He's got, uh, you know, Four games of at least seven receptions. Uh, Now he scored three touchdowns in his last two games. So uh, there were some tough matchups early on, but man, he is just getting it done. He's a guy that I would buy, man. I don't know, you know, the Allen Robinson owner might go, oh man, this is bad. Trubisky sucks. He's producing with with Trubisky playing like garbage. What if he gets better? What if they switch to Chase Daniels? So I think Allen Robinson is someone that doesn't have the perception of playing very well, I would trade for him easily right now. I mean, I just think he's a top 25 receiver the rest of the way, even with the whole doom and gloom in Chicago, especially at the quarterback position. We did see Anthony Miller get nine targets in this game. I thought about playing him in a league or two. Did not. Uh, again, they they were pass-heavy in this one, so that played a role. He had five for 64, so the talent is there. It's just that you, know, you really don't want to rely on much in this offense. I mean, Tariq Cohen had nine receptions. You're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good for 19 yards. Nine receptions for 19 yards on 12 targets, man. So he got you double-digit points in PPR formats, but it was ugly the way it happened. So this this team looks bad right now, and their defense is on the field a lot too, and that's why they were getting shredded. You know, everyone looks and says, oh, this is a pretty good defense. Well, uh, pretty tough when you're on the field all the time. We'll come back, we'll wrap it up, we'll take a look at the Ravens and the Seahawks and Cowboys Eagles as we recap week seven of the NFL season. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a couple more minutes as we recap the Week 7 action. Ravens with a big win going into Seattle. They went 30-16. to Lamar Jackson not getting it done in the passing game, but as we always talk about, when you have a quarterback that's going to run like him, the floor is high every single week. He was only 9-20 through the air for 143 yards, but on the ground, 14 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown. He... Wanted to go for it on fourth down, was able to convince Harbaugh, and he had the fourth and two converted it into a touchdown. Lamar Jackson now sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. It does hurt Mark Ingram a little bit. 12 for 46 on the ground and only one catch for seven yards. He's kind of touchdown dependent right now. Gus Edwards had eight for 35, so they're running it a lot in the passing game. Not much going on here. Mark Andrews had a really bad game. At least three drops. He had eight targets, two for 39. So the weather wasn't great. There was some rain. That could have been a factor. Miles Boykin, two for 55 with no Hollywood Brown. But you can't count on anyone in this passing game. We finally saw a bad game for Russell Wilson. He threw his first interception of the season. He was 20 of 41 for 241 passing yards. It's not what we're used to seeing. Chris Carson, 21 for 65 on the ground. Tyler Lockett, 561 and a touchdown through the air. DK Metcalf had a very bad fumble that kind of turned this game. Kind of caught a pass, tried to switch it, and the ball fell out. Ravens picked it up, returned it for a touchdown. Uh, four for 53 for Metcalf. And it looks like Hollister is getting more targets out of Ted. And then Luke Wilson, Hollister had six targets. Uh, Luke Wilson, I believe, had one. And then in the night game, Cowboys all over the Eagles. 37 to 10. Dak Prescott with a big game. Well, not big game, but a, a touchdown on 239. Also had a rushing score. Zeke Elliott, 22 for 111 and a touchdown. Also had six for 36. And Amari Cooper, who we didn't even think was going to play, he gutted it out Friday. He said he felt fine. And this is the opposite of it. You know, people might not have waited around and not played Cooper. And, and David Johnson, they thought was fine. Cooper turned out to be okay, catching all five for 106. Disappointing game, though, for Michael Gallup, but you had to use him. It was a great matchup against the Eagles. There was a possibility that Cooper and Cobb weren't 100%. Gallup at 3 for 34. 
Dak threw a bad pass to him behind him. It, if he let him, it might have been a touchdown. But Michael Gallup was the right play this week, so don't feel bad uh, if it didn't work out. It was one of those weeks. We had a lot of disappointing performances. But we got one more game tonight, and hopefully it gets better next week. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Tuesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.